0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, everybody, and welcome into another episode of Hog Hoops Live. I'm your host, Curtis Wilkerson. You can find me with the squad, Trey Biddy, Danny West, and Andrew Ellis over at hogsports.com. The streak is snapped, people. 14 straight games, 27 years But Arkansas has finally won a basketball game at Florida. You love to see it. We're going to talk about the big win over the Gators. We're going to preview this weekend's monster matchup with Kentucky. Take a look at the SEC race, a little bracketology. We're going to touch on some recruiting, a lot going on. And of course, we'll get to your questions, all that and more coming your way on Hog Hoops Live. And as always, I want to remind you guys of all the different ways you can watch and listen. Uh, quick reminder, you know the drill. You can join us on Facebook Live. Be sure to give us a follow there. Um, also available on YouTube. Remember, Hog Hoops Live has its own separate YouTube page, so make sure you subscribe. there. going to be a lot of good content coming up. Getting ready to travel to Tampa for the SEC tournament, wherever Arkansas winds up for March Madness. We have live reactions, all those things there, so uh, make sure you do that. For your podcast listeners, you can find us right where you find Hog Sports Live with Trey Biddy every week, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. Okay. I appreciate you guys joining me a little bit early. Starting the show early, we got some ice coming in here to Fayetteville. So I, I don't know how much I trust my connection uh, the more that this kind of builds up over the course of the day. And then also, uh, not to kill you guys with personal details, but my fiance, she's been back home in New York, her best friend. Uh, I was getting ready to pop. She just had her baby shower. My fiance was supposed to get home last night. Had a big flight snafu. Uh, Didn't work out, so she's coming back this morning. She's going to land in about an hour. It's it's getting nasty out, so I want to be, you know, available for that in case I need to go pick her up or something. But appreciate you guys tuning in a little bit early. That Florida game. Man, that was fun, wasn't it? I mean, let's talk about it for a minute. You know, (laughs) the O-Dome in Gainesville, it's like a house of horrors for Arkansas. It really has been. You know, bad Razorback teams have gone in there and lost. Good Razorback teams have gone in there and gotten smacked around. Uh, You know, it's just always kind of felt like when the Hogs are at Florida, they just don't play well. And, And the Gators typically have one of their better games. I'm not gonna lie. It, it kind of felt like deja vu all over again, right from the tip. Uh, you know, Florida comes out, they stick four three pointers in the first couple minutes. Arkansas looks a little disjointed. I think they started two and nine from the field. Uh, you know, a few turnovers in there. Suddenly, you know, Florida goes up 12 to four, and you're just wondering, oh, what's going on? Like, is, is are we gonna really have this <laughs> again? Uh, So, you know, you still kind of feel like the defense would wake up at some point for Arkansas, and and it did a little bit. But as it turns out, offense was kind of the theme of the night, which was surprising, you know, given Florida scores about 65 points per game. Arkansas is up and down as an offense team, but both teams are pretty good on the defensive end. Uh, So I was kind of expecting a game, you know, maybe down in the 60s or, or possibly, you know, even lower. But to Arkansas's credit, you know, uh, They're a team who, despite winning games, uh, you know Arkansas shot under 35% in three of its last four, uh, but they looked really crisp, I thought, on the offensive end. Uh, 47% from the field in the first half. Uh, Arkansas hit four threes themselves, got a nice burst from Devo off the bench before he got in a little bit of foul trouble there uh, in the first half. But Arkansas rallied back from that slow start. They took a 37-34 to 34 lead into halftime could have been better. They were up at seven one uh, at one point there. But still, you feel pretty good about it. You go into, you know, halftime at Florida with the lead. Uh, if, if you're Arkansas, you, you're pretty pleased with what's going down. Really, it was the second half where things started getting kind of dicey there for a minute. There's a, a period of time, uh, I'm not going to lie, I kind of felt like Arkansas was hitting the danger zone there a little bit, right? Um, you know, got a little bit stagnant offensively. Colin Castleton, look, say what you want about that dude. He was whining the entire game, but he was dominant. He really feasted on Arkansas inside the entire night, and he started to kind of take over there for a period in the second half. They were going to him, feeding him inside every possession. That kid was something else. Talking to the officials really from the tip to the final horn, it's funny. You know, we talk about Arkansas struggles in Gainesville. And I, I remember sitting there at one point in the second half and, and Castleton's posting up Jalen Williams and he's camped out in the lane, the entire possession. And Jalen Williams, he's, he's trying to get the official's attention. Like dude, three second violation. Like the, he's been camped out in here and the rest, not paying attention. All of a sudden they dump it into Castleton. Uh, he makes a little post move and gets this phantom and one foul call in the basket. Jay wills as straight up as you could possibly be. And, and I'm just sitting there thinking, this is the most arkansas at florida thing i've ever seen like like here we go again but whatever you got jalen williams in foul trouble at that point he was already struggling a little bit with castleton uh, but he's the best line of defense and, and really playing well elsewhere in the game uh, you know all of a sudden arkansas is down six points jalen picks up his fourth foul there's seven minutes to go Florida's in the double bonus. It's just, it didn't feel ideal. But this Arkansas team, man, I I tweeted after the game, there's just no more words to describe the grit and the toughness, the resiliency that this group has. Look, that was kind of a recipe for a disaster. But how did Arkansas respond? As usual, it started with defense. So, you know, Florida, they got to the free throw line a few times. Don't get me wrong but they didn't score a bucket from the field from the 725 mark. They were up 6 to the 126 mark. So 6 minutes without giving up a bucket by Arkansas. Meanwhile, they have a flurry offensively. Audi's Tony finally got going a little bit finishing around the rim. You love to see that. He was in a two of 20 slump. And then he finally started to get some of those shots around the rim to go. That was big for him. Stanley Amude sticks a, you know, he's got a big dunk. He hits a massive three. Jalen Williams hits a big three of his own. He scores on a pick and roll. Devo's flying around all over the place. You know, Arkansas builds up. They come back, take the lead. They build up a two-possession lead. Uh, Castleton, man, you know, he had 29 points on the night. Uh, He gets them back within one uh, before J.D. Note sticks that absolute dagger three uh, with about a minute left to extend it back out. You know, Devo gets the exclamation point dunk. He picks up the tech for slapping the backboard. Um, who cares? It was worth it. Hogs win 82-74. Just a great game. I mean, and it was just it's such a gritty performance. I mean, this is a Florida team that was desperate for a win. Firmly on the bubble. They need some more resume wins. They just beat Auburn in that same arena a couple days ago. Uh, for Arkansas to go in there and get that done... That speaks volumes about where this team is at uh, from a cohesive standpoint and just their overall mental makeup. It's really impressive. You know they're twenty two and six at this point, eleven and four in the SEC. I mean this team is something else. Devo was terrific. Nineteen points. He hit two more threes, getting really comfortable out there. His percentage is up over thirty uh, on the season, which which you think oh cool but considering where it was uh, that's really good that's a positive sign for Arkansas uh, you know I love seeing him attacking finishing with that left hand again he looks he looked more comfortable than he has in a long time putting it on the deck driving it and finishing with that left he's hard to stop when he's doing that six rebounds he made some really really high difficulty passes so he's locked in right now he's seeing the floor or he's seeing the floor he's playing within the flow of the game He's defending again. Uh, Listen, Arkansas goes from a dangerous team to a lethal team if you get March 2021 Devo back, and that's what he was at Florida. J.D. Notte had a team high 22 points. He was efficient, didn't turn it over, had three assists. He hit some big threes. We talked about the big one there at the end. Uh, But I also like seeing him take it off the bounce, being aggressive, getting to the rack. Uh, absorbing some contact and finishing a little bit better and he also showed the ability to be effective off the ball Uh, so you know Devo ran the point at at times throughout the course of the game and they were trying to get up you know and and pressure in the passing lanes they were trying to deny the wing pass over to Note so he read it and he backdoored him for layups a couple times that's good recognition by J.D. Note there you know Jalen Williams listen Hey, uh, Castleton kind of gave him the business there pretty good, you know, so he struggled some with that length, uh, but he made him work, and it was a lot of one-on-one, which is tough in that situation, especially when you're playing through foul trouble, but I thought Jalen did a really good job when he had three and four fouls of of defending, making Castleton work. He he mixed in a charge in there. Uh, When you're going up against a guy like that and you're in foul trouble and you're so critical to the success of the team... There's a fine line between continuing to to play hard and be effective uh, and not pick up that foul, not get over-aggressive. And I thought he towed that line really well, uh, made some huge plays at the end. He had three more charges. He had the game-sealing steal with about 23, 24 seconds left. Look, you know, at the end of the day, Castleton might have won that individual battle. Jalen Williams won the war in the game. So a job well done. Uh, I thought Stanley Amude and and Aldi's Tony mentioned Tony a little bit, too. Uh, I thought they both made some key plays as well. Just a tough, gritty, uh, kind of a vintage Arkansas win. And and most importantly, it it sets the stage now uh, for the one that's been circled since the schedule came out. Right? Good old John Calipari in Kentucky coming to town on Saturday. It's going to be wild. What I love about this, you know, Arkansas who, by the way, Arkansas is now 11-0 and this season uh, with two or fewer days of preparation between games. So they've been playing the Saturday-Tuesday schedule that gives them Sunday and Monday to prep. When they have that, or less, uh, because they, they played the back-to-backs at the Hall of Fame Classic, you know, whatever, uh, 11-0. So that's impressive. So you almost kind of wish they played tonight, but um, this is good. Arkansas played on Tuesday. They get an extra day of rest and, and prep built in here uh, Kentucky has a home game tonight Wednesday night uh, they host LSU who look. I, I think they should probably beat LSU at home but the Tigers are really tough defensively they could grind on, on them a little bit and then Kentucky has to travel uh, so those things benefit Arkansas on top of, of playing at home on Saturday naturally um, listen you know Kentucky's good they're 22 and five 11 and three in the SEC they're half game up on Arkansas. Uh, for second place currently in the league standings. I think you need to keep an eye on their backcourt uh, in this LSU game. See what's going on there. Both their point guards are didn't play over the weekend. They're questionable at the moment. So, uh, Savir Wheeler, you remember him. He's the Georgia transfer little guy. Uh, super quick, great defender, one of the best passers in the country. He really makes things go for him. Uh, he's been nursing, I, I think, a wrist injury. Um, and then Ty Ty Washington, who's one of the better freshmen in the nation this season, uh, incredibly talented guard. He's been kind of banged up throughout SEC play, but he's been battling uh, through an ankle injury of late. So um, I don't know. D- Calipari is listing him as day to day. I think we could probably expect them both to play uh, against Arkansas, given how that typically goes, but y- you never know. So something to keep an eye on. Uh, we'll see if they play against LSU this evening. You know, Kentucky's really tough to beat with both of those guys completely healthy, but they did beat Alabama without both of them over the weekend. It's an impressive game. You know, Alabama came out, and I, I think they started 9 of 12 from 3, something crazy. Uh, it was at Rupp, but Kentucky did a good job without two of their better guards of uh, just kind of weathering that storm, and they wound up winning by 9 points. But, you know, they've, they've got a lot of talent. Uh, you know, obviously a lot of buzz will be around the big man, right? Oscar Shibway I mean, this dude's a load, 6'9", 255. He's a West Virginia transfer. Uh, I think they knew he was going to be good, but maybe not this good. This this guy's a front runner probably for National Player of the Year. He's averaging 16.4 points and 15.2 rebounds per game. That's crazy. That's nuts. Um, the, The dude has been held under 10 rebounds twice this season. He's gone over 20 rebounds five times this season so just a a nose for the ball very strong and physical athletic uh he's going to be a load inside Jalen Williams man like congrats bud you know you you get to go from welcome to the SEC you know like (laughs) you go from Walker Kessler to John Fulkerson to Colin Castleton now to Shebway uh nobody wants to defend Jalen Williams either but man there's some really really talented bigs in this league and, uh, you know, I think Jalen and Sheboy it, it's gonna be a great matchup. Jalen Williams got 10 double-doubles himself this season. Five in a row, he's averaging one in SEC play. So, uh, you know, gonna be a big matchup. Gotta, gotta keep him out of foul trouble. Kellen Grady is probably a name to be pretty familiar with uh, when it comes to Kentucky. Davidson transfer, we know Davidson's a strong program. but He's a wing who scored over 2,000 career points. Dead-eye shooter, Uh, he's 45% from the three-point line this year. He's made 82 on the season, so high volume, high efficiency. Uh, He's a guy that Arkansas is going to have to find in transition. We see JD Note with that uh, just subtle shot fake, sidestep, dribble, and and he knocks down that three all the time. Uh, Grady does that too. So uh, you know, Arkansas is going to have to contain that guy. He's averaging in double figures. Uh, you know, they've got some other returners from last year. Keon Brooks, uh, you know, kind of a stretch forward guy, 6'7", 6'8". Uh, Davion Mintz, who ran the point for him last year, he really stepped in nicely uh, in that Alabama game for Kentucky. A veteran, he can shoot it. Jacob Toppin. Uh, so, you know, all those guys add some depth and balance. And, look, this is not last year's 9-16 and 16 Kentucky team. They're a legit national championship contender. Um Arkansas did win at Rupp last year. That was cool. Uh, when's last time Arkansas beat Kentucky at home? Was that the Qualls dunk? I think it was. So it's been several years since Arkansas has beaten Kentucky in Bud Walton Arena. Probably only played a handful of times, but this is going to be a wild one. You know, Kentucky's number three in the net rankings, number two in Ken Palm. Uh, you know, pretty solid across the board. They're number four in the country in adjusted offensive deficiency. Number 21 in adjusted defensive efficiency. You know, Auburn beat them at Auburn, but I kind of feel like Kentucky's the better team uh, than the Auburn Tigers when healthy. And and that's kind of been the big thing for them. But Bud Walton Arena is going to be absolutely stupid for this one, right? Saturday, 1 p.m., CBS game. You know, the the younger generation, the students, they've been unbelievable all season. The The last two home atmospheres have been among the best I've ever been a part of. The Auburn one is the best. I think this game's going to be a red-white stripe-out, like a section-by-section section deal. That's cool. The students are doing the shark and saw thing in, in the shark costumes, which I think is awesome. But the thing about this one, and the older generation of, of the fan base has been great as well, but I know that you know for the old heads out there love you guys the hatred of Kentucky runs deep with them it really does so a uh, hostile environment coming up and we all remember Muss's first season when, when Kentucky came to Fayetteville it was so loud their players were plugging their ears uh, Cal got ejected uh, but somehow Kentucky rallied won that basketball game you know, I remember Cal you know, got ejected all of a sudden. Kentucky went to a zone, and it just changed everything. They actually built up a pretty good lead, and, and Arkansas made a run there late, but came up short. But Musk refers to that game a lot when it comes to these big home games, just how he's learned from it, uh, has, has used that to kind of teach the guys how to not get too caught up in the hype, uh, not to expend too much energy emotionally in the buildup, leading up to the game and early in the game. I think Arkansas has been really good about just keeping an even keel, steady approach in these crazy environments that they've been playing in. That's difficult to do. It's going to be important again on Saturday against Kentucky. Let's have a little, let's have a little bracketology fun. You know, I I got my credentials approved, flight and hotel booked for the SEC tournament in Tampa in a couple weeks. I'm really excited about that. I'm glad it's in Tampa. I, I enjoyed the Nashville experience, and, and I, I like that it's there for the most part. But Tampa, I mean, it's nice to get some sun, right? You know, things are looking good in the league standings right now. Arkansas has a three-game lead with three games to play on fifth place Alabama. It's kind of a cluster of teams in fighting for that number five spot. Um, but, you know, what that means is unless Arkansas loses out and a team or two wins out, the Hogs are going to get that double bye, and they won't have to play until Friday in the SEC tournament, the quarterfinal round. Uh, that's a that's a big deal. Like you you don't want to have to play four games in four days to win a crown, uh, because then you worry about your legs going into the tournament the next week. I get it, uh, but you know, you get in there on a Friday, win three in a row, get a, get an SEC tournament championship, It'll be fun. But they're in a good spot, and it should be another opportunity or two to, to get a quality game, quad one game or so in there. Uh, you know, Arkansas is still alive for the regular season crown. Two games behind Auburn, a half game behind Kentucky for second place. What's interesting about this, though, is that the top four teams in the league, they all play each other this weekend, so it could get really interesting. You know, if, if Arkansas wins at home against Kentucky and Tennessee wins at home against Auburn, then you have a really interesting cluster right there because you'd have, I guess at that point, Arkansas, Kentucky, and Tennessee would all be at what, 12 and four, and then you'd have Auburn at 13 and three with a couple games left. So, I mean, sign me up for that. The, that final week would be a lot of fun. And bracketology wise, you know, I, I, hey, as, as pumped as I am for Arkansas improving that postseason resume, Uh, you know, increasing their seed. There's some cool matchups out there. Uh, You know, I talked about it last week. Like, there's a a lot of different possibilities for the destinations where Arkansas could go. So, you know, if you're a fan, that's something else that you're looking at, like not just the seed uh, and who they might be playing, but but where the heck is Arkansas going to go? Because it's not all at Indianapolis this year. They're they're not in the bubble. You've got all the different regional sites. So a lot of possibilities. You know, Joe Lenardi, ESPN Bracketology Heat, and a lot of this was before this Florida game, but has Arkansas as a six seed playing the Michigan Memphis winner playing game. That could be fun uh, in Greenville, South Carolina. All right. Jerry Palm has Arkansas as a six seed playing Indiana uh, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The USA today has Arkansas as a five seed uh, playing the Indiana versus San Diego state winner in Buffalo, New York. A couple guys who are a little bit under the radar but are are probably two of the best bracketologists out there Bracketville Dave uh, he's got Arkansas as a five seed playing BYU or Michigan in Buffalo Uh, Tristan Harkins with heat check uh, has him as a six seed playing Loyola in Milwaukee so you know a lot of different possibilities right there all very much subject to change of course but it's fun to keep an eye on uh, you know I think I kind of ticked everybody off on our message board this morning by by posting the net update. Somehow, some way, Arkansas stayed put at, at number twenty three in the net rankings after picking up a quad one road win at Florida. I was kind of surprised to see that, and I understand like the 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 closer you get to the top, I guess, um, the harder it is to make a significant push, a, a bump. I mean, that's a quad one road win. Like that's about as good as it gets. And they stayed put. I think what surprised me the most about it was Tennessee moves up from 11 to nine for winning at Missouri. So I don't know, but Arkansas doesn't win or doesn't budge after winning at Florida. I don't know. They're not getting cheated. I mean, these aren't people who are doing these rankings and it's a mathematical formula, right? But it seems like it's kind of flawed because it just doesn't really make a lot of sense. Oh, well. At, at the end of the day, we talk a lot about the net rankings because it's, it's a big tool that they use for seeding, but that's not the end-all, be-all. The selection committee is made up of humans <laughs> who are going to factor in uh, a lot of things with net being a, a big part of it. So opportunities for Arkansas, I, I think, to really help itself out, uh, you know, closing regular season, three more quad one games. We talked about it, Kentucky at home, LSU at home, and then on the road uh, at Tennessee to close out the regular season. Who knows what you'll get in the sec tournament so can they play their way i think probably after last night they're pretty squarely on the five line in terms of seating um can they play their way to a four yeah three eh, i don't know i was messing around with the simulator on torvik and i think i had them went out the rest of the regular season beat alabama and auburn Again in the SEC tournament, and and I think that bump into a three seed that's obviously easier said than done. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. I want to touch on a little bit of recruiting. I I know there's probably a lot of questions about that. You know, even with all the buzz surrounding the Razorbacks team right now, one of the top things that people care about is, is whether or not Eric Musselman is going to land Anthony Black, right? I mean, I write a story about Arkansas winning a game, and 99% of the comments are about Anthony Black. I get it. He's a hooper, right? For those who aren't aware, maybe you're living under a rock, (laughs) but Anthony blacks he's the only uncommitted five-star prospect uh, that's left in the 2022 class, number 14 overall in the country, uh, the top-rated point guard in the country, recently named a McDonald's All-American. This dude is really, really good, right? Uh, plays for a stacked Duncanville team in Texas. He's he's a six seven lead guard, probably more of a playmaker than a scorer, in my opinion. He's got great court vision. He's an excellent passer, uh, switchable defender. He can score when he needs to. Anthony Black's got the goods. He's nice, right? So to make a long story short, I mean I've been asked about Anthony Black on this show pretty much every episode of the season. Uh, You know, if you go back and listen, and and the message has really always kind of been the same. You know, he took his official visit to Arkansas uh, for must Bus mania back on September 18th. It was around that Georgia Southern football game. And then his recruitment kind of got put on the back burner as he he, he dealt with this weird uh, transfer eligibility issue with his high school. Uh, And it kind of put that stuff on, you know, to the side for a while. Oklahoma State gonzaga had been the two schools that they were have really been generating the most buzz for months the g league emerged as a as a pretty viable option you know but arkansas just sort of quietly hung out behind the scenes remained persistent and kept themselves in the mix you know we've talked about it here before the hogs already have the number two class in the country two five stars Uh, they're loaded up regardless but when you're in the conversation with a guy like that Uh, You stay the course even if if maybe you're not, you know, necessarily the perceived leader uh, because you never know what can happen with time. And, you know, Oklahoma State's had this postseason ban that they're dealing with. Gonzaga's having a great season. You know, Spokane, that's a long way from Texas, right? And I'm not saying those schools are out of it by any means. But, you know, if you take a look at Arkansas, you know, they're close in distance. The team obviously is rolling now. We talked about what time can do. Remember how they were struggling In December and January but look at Arkansas now they're one of the most trending programs in the country he's buddies with Nick Smith jr. Jordan Walsh you know they've been recruiting him so all of a sudden you know you start to see that maybe you know Anthony Black's closing in on a decision Uh, and then out of nowhere last week we find out he's taking an unofficial visit to Arkansas for the Tennessee game that's huge right a potential game-changer and and he was in the house Uh, with his mom and and a couple others this past weekend. Listen, it was very clear that they enjoyed themselves, got to take in a game, experience the atmosphere. You know, (laughs) I just feel like that's different. You get a lot out of an official visit, obviously, and this was just an unofficial, but it's different for a basketball recruit to go to a football game than it is to go to a basketball game and experience uh, you know, the environment, the buildup to the game, be around the team, you know, that, that you could potentially be playing for in a year. So uh, I think that was super beneficial. It's just a different type of experience. You know, and, and if you read the tea leaves, it sounds like AB, he might want to announce a commitment somewhere around that McDonald's All-American game at the end of March. We'll see if that's the case or, or maybe something happens before then. But regardless, listen, a week ago, I would have told you the same thing I've been telling you, that it wasn't over, but the chance is probably not great for Arkansas. Uh, today, I, I'm more confident than I've ever been about Arkansas's chances in this race, so much more optimistic. Uh, and listen, you know, this weekend is shaping up to be another important one for the future as well. Kentucky game, it's going to be a wild atmosphere. We know that, and, and really, it's the last Saturday home game of the season so kind of the last chance to get some recruits maybe in the building it is a little bit challenging though because well for one we've got some weather going on right now I, I don't know what that's going to wind up meaning but uh, a lot of these guys are playing their postseason right now so it, it kind of depends on when their games are if they win if they lose who they play next uh, as to whether or not you know certain guys are going to be able to make it to campus so we'll see I You know, I I think that there's a list that could change significantly between now and Saturday. It could shorten. It could grow. Uh, We don't really know. So we'll see. But uh, hey, you know, Nick Smith Jr., Jordan Walsh are scheduled to be in the house. I absolutely love that those guys keep showing up. They've already been embraced. They're embracing Arkansas. Um, Man, it's going to be a fun team to watch next year, isn't it? Laden Blocker out of the class of 2023, major priority prospect. He took an unofficial visit over the summer, 6 6'2 point guard, high four-star, top 40 type guy. Uh, this is an Arkansas native. He's playing at Sunrise Christian in Kansas, which is the number one high school program in the country, and, and he's a major contributor for them. Uh, his brother Landren, who's a, a very talented 2024 prospect, uh, they're scheduled to be in attendance right now for the Kentucky game. Uh, you know, also at, out of the 2023 class, you've got six nine Ford Brandon Garrison out of Dell City, Oklahoma, four star. Uh, this is number six center in the 2023 class. Big boy, uh, you guy who took an unofficial visit for the Little Rock game in December. Uh, Arkansas formally offered him a couple weeks ago. Now he's coming back uh, for this game. Super talented players. so gonna be some studs in the building. A few other names floating around. Uh, again, nothing confirmed just yet. We're kind of in wait and see mode. Uh, you know, with, with guys' schedules and, and things. So we'll see what they come up with, but uh, you know, with success breeds more success. And so we you know what Arkansas is doing uh, on the hardwood right now. Recruits take notice of that. All right. Let's hop over to the chat. See what we got going on here. Adrian Jones says, Devo is the great six-man J.D. was last year. He's turning into that, isn't he? It's kind of funny, you know, coming into the season, a lot of people were thinking, well, maybe maybe Note just needs to, to come off the bench again. He was so good at it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, but he's done, obviously, really well uh, in his starting role. And for a while, that six-man was Chris Likes. I mean, he was coming off giving some, some scoring pop there off of the bench, and you know, Arkansas just continued to tweak until they found, you know, they found the right combinations that work. And Devo being that sixth man, uh, it took him a while to kind of get things going. But wow, I mean, the last three or four games, he's been really good. And he, I asked him last night after the game if he thought that, you know, this Florida performance was his most complete game of the year, and, and it seemed like he kind of agreed that it was. Uh, I just thought he was fantastic in all facets of the game, really. Keith Bulger says recruiting class looks good, but no big man. If Jay Will leaves early, um, they're in trouble. Well, yes and no. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Williams is certainly <laughs> kind of playing his way into, into the conversation for some professional opportunities. We'll see what happens there. I mean, if I was him, I would probably enter my name into the draft and at least get feedback and see, maintain your eligibility where you can come back if you want to. But. I think either way, Arkansas is going to be active in the transfer portal. Don't forget about that portal now. And I think they're going to be an attractive destination for some top-end guys uh, because they see the recruiting classes coming in. They see the success that Arkansas has been having. So you know, if I'm a transfer big man with one year left and and I'm looking to get some exposure and, and help myself and win a lot of games, Arkansas is probably a place I'd like to go to. So they'll figure it out. Jackie Price says, yeah, the announcer said he reached in, but his hands were straight up. You, you must be talking about the Jalen Williams thing. Yeah, come on. I mean, he was straight up. Listen, some of those some of those fouls, fine. You know, it's, it's whatever. Uh, but that one in particular, the, I mean, the kid was just parked in the lane. It had to have been for eight seconds. Uh, and, and to just overlook that and then call a phantom foul and, and give him an and one, whoo, that was rough. Tim Eskew says, one thing is for sure, it's going to be rocking and rolling in Bud Walton Arena when Kentucky comes to town Saturday. Probably the biggest UK at Arkansas matchup since 1995. Kentucky was number five and Arkansas was number nine in the AP poll. Yeah, it's a big one. It's going to be a really big one. Um, I'm excited. Kind of wish I could just, you know, watch as a fan, but, you know, I got to write about it and talk about it. What a tough job, huh? That's going to be great. Wes Glass says, who on the roster has the option to come back and who do you think will be back? Um, so i probably need to pull up the roster to be super accurate on this, but uh, Stanley Amude, Chris Likes, Trey Wade um, are all graduate seniors, so, so this is their last year of eligibility. They don't have the option to come back. Um, the other guys all do, essentially, and that includes guys who are technically seniors like J.D. Note, Uh, And Audis Tony. I've heard some back and forth on both of those guys. Um, You know, I would love to have both of them back. I I don't necessarily expect that to happen, especially with JD, Uh, but you never know. I mean, I think NIL has kind of been a game changer because, you know, the older guys get, they do want to go, uh, you know, make some money while they can, right? Because you can only play basketball for so long. Uh, But when you can make make money, you know, doing it as a star in college, uh, that could change things a little bit. But I I still think in the grand scheme of things, the money you make, you know, in a year or two with an NIL deal, uh, which is going to go away when you leave, uh, you know, probably pales in comparison to what you could do with a six, seven, eight year career in Europe or whatever. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I mean, Notay and Tony could both come back or, or one of the two. I don't necessarily foresee it and Musselman usually encourages guys to start their pro career. If, if they have, you know, the chops to do it, but we'll see what happens. Landon Montgomery says, can we get past Kentucky? I, I said it in, in, in my live reaction thing after Tennessee, I'm, I'm not, I'm not betting against Arkansas again, period uh, for anything, whether that's a basketball game or, or a recruiting battle or whatever. I mean, Eric Musselman just continues to prove people wrong, and they find a way. Can Arkansas beat Kentucky in Bud Walton Arena? Absolutely. Is it going to be easy? Absolutely not. <laughs> it's going to be fun to watch. Jackie Price says the fan base was trying to fire Muss earlier in the season. It's funny. Uh, people were getting a little ticked off there for a while. Ah, oh, he ah oh, he missed on all these transfers. I. Uh, You know, he's stubborn. Play this guy, play that guy, whatever. We just got to trust the process. You know, the must-bust goes at its own pace, you know. Landon Montgomery says, dang, that Bama game was crucial. Would have been nice to squeak that one out. Yeah, it's interesting, you know. I, I think in terms of resume, like that, you know, the freaking Hofstra game and the Vanderbilt game, Uh, or the ones that hold Arkansas back a little bit, which, listen, neither one of those teams are bad. They're both top 100 in the net, Uh, but they, they are quad three, you know, in terms of losses there. But when you talk to Eric Musselman, and he's probably done this to me a half dozen times, where I'll ask him, you know, just his thoughts after a game or thoughts after a particular road win or whatever, and he'll answer, but he always goes back Uh, To that Alabama game. Oh, we felt like we could have won that one. we lost by one You can tell it kind of sticks in his crawl a little bit. He'd probably like to see Alabama again Maybe at the SEC tournament, but yeah, I mean had they have won that one What would the streak be up to now they won 12 or 13. So I guess it'd be 13 in a row Um, Would have been another big road win for the resume They had their chances there they really did Ah, yes, I'm glad you posted this. Adrian Jones says, J.D., listen to this, this is crazy, it's kind of weird. J.D. had 22 points on 2-22-22, giving the Hogs their 22nd win of the season. That is weird. <laughs> it's crazy. What a great stat. Uh, Nathan Post says, is Note's NIL an incentive for him to return and move up to a first-round pick? His nil is probably an incentive to to return. I mean, why wouldn't it be? I, I don't know that he's a guy that could play himself into first round conversation. Um, maybe he could play himself into to draft pick conversation if he were to really embrace the point guard role because he is a little smaller, you know, at at six one, six two. So that that would have to be his position uh, as a pro. Obviously, he can score it. He's developed as a defender. Uh, So, you know, he could could probably help himself by coming back or he could go to Europe and score 25 points a game and and see if he could make his way back over over stateside and play pro. So um, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I mean, like I said a minute ago, that NIL stuff, it it is a factor that these guys have to consider now, which is good if you're a fan of college basketball. Jason L. Downing says Devo was the difference in that win last night. I would agree. Chris Dawson says, Jalen repping that Ford Smith. Yeah. And then, you know, to go back to Devo, repping Jacksonville, won that battle against Tyree Appleby, Jacksonville native, who had a pretty nice game, especially the first half. Jeff Smith says, Woo Pig from Texarkana. Appreciate you tuning in. Joseph Marquez says, Devo has been so important in this win streak. He's playing great. Yeah, you know, we talked about it. The last three or four games, he's really been a difference maker. And, you know, that three-point shooting, that catch and shoot, uh, man, it just it looks a lot better. He, he made an adjustment there. He really did. And that looks a lot better than when he kind of forces him off the dribble. To me, if, if Devo's going to put it on the deck, he needs to get 15 and in because he can really pull up off the dribble and knock down that mid-range. He can get to the rim and finish with that left hand. But beyond the arc, uh, man, run hard off those screens, float to the open space, catch, shoot, and drill it. And he's been doing a great job of that. MP Rich says, come to San Diego. Listen, uh, of, of all the, <laughs> the possible destinations for the first two rounds, I want to go to San Diego. And, and, you know, Fort Worth would probably be the best, right, for for fans to show up and and create a little bit of a home court advantage type of feel, uh, man, send me to San Diego. (laughs) Sign me up for that. I don't want to go from Tampa to somewhere cold, personally. I'm going to go to Milwaukee. Buffalo. Although I, I, you know, might sneak over into Canada. Check that out if we get to go to Buffalo. Niagara Falls. I mean, that would be kind of cool as long as there's not two feet of snow or something crazy. But I say that and I'm sitting here in Fayetteville right now watching whatever's going on outside my window pile up. Sleet, snow, ice, I don't know what in the world it is. Matt Bounce says, I was at the game in Gainesville last night. Awesome. Good for you, by the way. Uh, Devo's intensity last night in person was very impressive. He looked like he was on another level with his speed. He never stops. Go Hogs. Yeah, that was, you know, how many times have we said, you know, Devo Davis of last year or, or vintage Devo or whatever? Well, that's it, right? That's what we were really looking for. Reggie Allen says, wish we could see more of KK Robinson. Seems like every time he makes one mistake, must takes him out. While well, likes make several and still gets to stay in the game, really hope stays and uh, maybe plays more next season. If not, I see him transferring. Yeah, I mean, look at this point, it's, like, I want KK to, to succeed as much as anybody, right? Um, but right now, I mean, Arkansas has won 12 out of 13, I mean, they're rolling. They've done it with this group of eight guys, and that includes Chris Likes. And people call him, you know, mistake prone and, and turnover prone. He's sixth on the team in turnovers. He's had more than one turnover in two of the last fifteen games. I mean, I don't really understand that one. But he, you know, he's he has his defensive shortcomings. He's made strides to improve. Uh, You know, in that area, Florida kind of took advantage of them with their size in the backcourt last night. That's going to happen sometimes. He made a three, had a great drop-off pass to Stanley Mude for a dunk. Um, You know, I just don't know that you really go tweaking things in the rotation uh, given how good this team is playing right now. But it's like Mus has said, you know, those guys who aren't playing, especially as you get deeper into the year, uh, you don't want to wear guys out so you're not practicing going live as much. So how much extra work are they putting in the gym, in the film room, to stay focused and ready? That way they can come in and and do their job if their number's called. And KK got that opportunity against Tennessee. He came in for a couple minutes there. Arkansas had some foul trouble, and he did a good job. Didn't do anything crazy, impressive, didn't do anything too bad. He did get pulled after after making that high pass. Uh, But whatever. You know, he got that opportunity, and he took advantage of it. And, you know, knock on wood, Arkansas has won – you know, rolled ankle or or whatever away uh, from needing a guy like that to really step up. So, you know, he's got to stay focused and and have the right mindset, and I'm sure that he does. Alan, oh, you rolled off on me. There we go. Alan Smith says, nobody likes to lose, but the early losses to OU, Hofstra, et cetera, is likely an important uh, positive component in their late season success. They learn valuable lessons. True. They learned a lot from that, like the importance of, of defending uh, on the ball in the three-point line because they've made some, and in the pick and roll. The, if you go back, I don't know if I would want to subject myself to this. I might go back and watch the Oklahoma and Hoster games and just watch the defense and then watch some of the games from the last week or two. It, it's just a completely different team, completely different team. It's crazy. Reggie Allen says KK was a high-end recruit that was injured last season and and since been on ice. Yeah, I mean he's a he was a top 50 guy. Um, he did battle through that injury, and it took him into the summer to recover. And and you know he was in and out for a while in the preseason. Um, you know from a health standpoint, I, I think he's fine now. But it you know it he had a foot fracture, but you know other guys have ACL tears and. Things like that, and it does take a while. It, it you, in, in Tommy John surgery for a pitcher, it's usually the next year where they're really back to 100% right? in terms of the way that they move and, and play. So, you know, that, that could absolutely play a little bit of a factor in it. He's going to be fine. Brian Ford says, maybe it was just me, but the ball movement was so good, uh, especially the second half of the game they're playing as a team. Yeah. Uh, super balanced effort. I mean, five guys scoring double figures, uh, when you have that kind of balance, that's really good. Um, you know, shot 46% from the field, uh, shot nearly 40% from three point range and got to the free throw line 20 times and made 17. The best thing about it to me was they had 13 assists and just six turnovers, uh, on the road. And so They played two good defensive teams that come up with a lot of steals now in Tennessee at home and Florida on the road, and they've had six turnovers in both of those games. Uh, That's really, really good. I mean, there's a string of games there, even in this winning streak for Arkansas, where a guy like, you know, J.D. Notte, he'd have five turnovers by himself. He'd score a bunch of points and and play defense and everything else, but uh, that's quite the turnaround in the last couple games, and and that type of ball security – I mean, it's really important for a team that doesn't shoot the three uh, necessarily as good as other teams. Well, how do you counteract that? It's by making sure you get a shot on goal every possession and you're not turning it over. So, yeah, you're right. That's, that's a very important factor. And Brian Ford says Hofstra is 19-9 and 9 right now. Just saying, you're right. I mean, they could very easily win their league. And we knew Hofstra was good before Arkansas played them. And they took Houston to overtime. They lost by two at Maryland. Uh, they played Iona, who we know is really good under Rick Pitino, uh, you know, to a two-possession game. They're, they're a good team. Now, Arkansas shouldn't have lost to them, uh, but they did. But, listen, they're, they're top 100 in the net. Uh, you know, Hofstra is higher in the net rankings than I, I think three or four SEC teams. So uh, still a quad three loss. And, and you know, just name, by name recognition alone, people look at it and go, you know, Arkansas lost to who? Uh, but they're not bad. <laughs> they're really not. Okay. Looks like we made it through most of the comments here. All right. I think it's going to wrap us up. Just a, a fantastic win for Arkansas at Florida. Long time coming. Uh, I know that felt good for a lot of people. It It, it certainly did me. I mean, I was probably... I don't know six years old or something. The last time that happened. So, uh, you know, nice work by the Hogs. Twenty-two and six, 11 and four. They're rolling right now. Absolutely monster game coming up against Kentucky Saturday, one o'clock, CBS. Uh, tune in if you can get there. Get there. It's going to be a great time. Arkansas follows up with the midweek. I believe that's a Wednesday game against LSU, which means this show will return on Thursday next week. We'll talk about that and get you all primed up for the return trip. Uh, to Tennessee which by the way got a little orange on the collar here if you can see shout out to Rick Barnes I'm sure he's complaining about charges somewhere appreciate you guys tuning in as always this has been Curtis Wilkerson with hogsports.com we will catch you next time